Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. We always say it, and we mean it, and you know it's true. Let's see what the buzz is today. This is interesting. I have two words I'm going to put together you may not have heard before, and I'm going to use a quote. Let's see what we're talking about here. Process mining, or if you're from Canada, process mining, if used right, can identify alternative courses, patterns, and common mistakes. What in the world is this all about? Well, let's look at this from a practical standpoint. Let's look at how your business is running. Are you losing a week between the time you ship an order, whatever business you're in, and the time you invoice for that order? Are you losing hours every day due to unnecessary process steps? Come on, you know those processes can get heavier and more more convoluted over time. Have you looked at your processes recently? And maybe even worse, are your vendors slipping their commitments and not delivering on time? Oh my, we have an answer. Those two words I opened with, process mining. No, it's not about going into streams or mines to dig and sift for gold nuggets. But the resulting gold nuggets you find can yield real treasure for your business. I know it's a metaphor. Forgive me. Process mining, what is it? It leverages the digital footprint left behind by your IT systems. I can hear you all saying, oh, that's what it is. Aha. And it can provide complete transparency into how your processes are and are not working. So that's the good, the bad, and the ugly of processes. Process mining, now you get it. I'm just going to add, ignorance is not bliss. You need to know this. So the experts speak. We have three experts with me on the panel today. This is a brand new topic for us here on IoT with Game Changers. Let me tell you who my special guests are, and then we'll get started. In just a moment, I will introduce you to Brian Jordan, Managing Director of the Data Management and Advanced Analytics Practice at Protivity. Yes, we had somebody from his company on a different game. Game Changer Show recently. Joining him will be Mark Kinast, Vice President for Channel Sales and Business Development in North America at Salonis, C-E-L-O-N-I-S. Yes, we had somebody from Salonis on a different show recently. And rounding out the panel is a gentleman at SAP I met on a recent DDM Tech, talk, tech Talks, which is an internal webinar series that I host for my, my partner in crime here, Ira Burke, who sponsors the series. John is Director of Solution Management for SAP's Business Process and Integration Excellence Portfolio. That's a long title, John Santic. So let me read to you the opening quote. The quotes are great today. Opening quote Brian Jordan has sent us. I have one from Clint Eastwood who spoke in movies, starting with Dirty Harry, uh, as San Francisco Police Inspector Harry Callahan. And this particular quote is from the film Magnum Force, which is the sequel to Dirty Harry. You all remember what Harry was saying in movies. Come on some really famous quotes like, go ahead, make my day. And you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I can't do a good Clint Eastwood. But here's the quote Brian has selected for today's show. A man's got to know his limitations. Brian Jordan, I'm looking at your picture here on uh, Twitter. Great, great photo here. <laughs> nice to see you. And nice to see you almost in person. Brian's a newcomer to yeah, Game right. Changers. How are you today, Brian? I'm doing great, Bonnie. How about yourself? 
Uh, well, thank you for asking. That's very kind. I'm great. Now that you're here, I'm great. So talk to me, Clint Eastwood quote. I don't think we've had one yet on Game Changers. How does this quote apply really? to our topic? Process mining. Yeah, you're an original. Go ahead. Clint Eastwood's the best. Are you kidding me? I can't believe no one else has ever quoted him. But, um, but yeah, so I, the reason I, I thought about that one is because um, uh, I think that, you know, from a just in general, it's the way I try to approach my life. I mean, you, you kind of have to know what you're good at and where, you know, you, you might fall down in general. And I just think that, you know, if I look at business process um, in, in general as it relates to the last 10 years and some of the work that we've done, it's always been very manual. Um, it's always been, you know, kind of looking in the rearview mirror, um, you know, looking at things after they've already happened, trying to figure out what happened. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, I think now with, with the, the process mining, some of the capabilities that are there, with some of the, uh, the evolution of some of the, the technology that we can use, I think you would be remiss um, to not you know, consider things like those, you know, those capabilities, some of the like an in-memory database or in-memory technologies, uh, for example, to help facilitate getting better process information more quickly. So I just feel like you'd be remiss. You've you, you got to know what you're good at. You've got to know what you're, you're not so good at. And I think that you know, knowing your limitations, knowing when you can leverage those kinds of solutions, those kinds of capabilities versus kind of doing things the old-fashioned way would be a, you know, a smart move going forward. So that's kind of why, that's kind of how I relate it. I thought, hey, listen, you know, I've got these wonderful capabilities. I, I know what I'm not good at, so I'm not going to know my limitations here. Let's, let's take a look at the, the new way of doing things. So that's kind of how Thank I you. kind of relate it back to, uh, to process mining. That's great. And, and Brian, do you have a good Clint yeah. Eastwood uh, imitation? Can you do one for me? Can you, can you say anything? I really can't. Clint- I really, I'm, <laughs> I'm not very good at it either. I'm like, I love, I'm, I'm, I've seen more of his movies. I mean, I've seen that movie a hundred times, and I, I can't believe that no one's ever used that quote before. I mean, that, any, of the, any of his quotes before, he's got so many good ones. You, you brought out a couple, but, but no, I'm not very good at imitations either. My, my son well, is pretty good. I could get him on the phone if you want, but. Get, get your son. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to him on the break. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thank it. You. But we, we have to, we have to amend the quote a little bit to say a man has got to know his limitations and a woman's got to know her limitations. Sorry, but you know, this yeah, is. I was going to say a person, but that's not the quote, right? So. That's right. Well, I'm just I'm just adding a second, adding a second part. Yeah, we'll be a little PC here. Thank you very much, and thanks for joining me. You did make me smile. And now let's turn to Mark Kinnest at Salonis. And Mark has sent us a David Bowie quote. Oh my, this is movies and rock and roll today. The late great David David Bowie, who lived from January eighth, nineteen forty seven, to January tenth, ah, just two days after his birthday, twenty sixteen. His full name was David Robert Jones, English singer songwriter and actor. In the UK, he won nine platinum awards, album certifications, 11 gold and eight silver. He released 11 number one albums. In the US, he had five platinum and nine gold certifications, and he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. Rolling Stone magazine in 2016, the year he passed, dubbed him the greatest rock star ever. Let's just stop there. Here is the quote Mark has selected from David Bowie. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise I won't bore you. That's a variation on the quote, and it has been disputed. So, Mark, welcome to Game Changers. How are you, Mark? I'm excellent. Thanks for asking. And I'm very excited to be on the, on the show. We're excited to have you. Talk to me. Are you a big fan, follower, and listener of David Bowie? How many of his albums do you have? You know what? I, I, I've never been much of, a, um, much of a fan, but I've been very inspired um, by his by his by his quote and and kind of reading about his life history and and so yeah you know I think yeah that's that's really why this quote came to my mind. 
Very much, very interesting. So talk to me. We're talking process mining or process mining here, Mark, and I know your company's involved with that, and in a few minutes I'll ask you to refresh our memories on what Salonis does. I'll ask Brian Jordan to talk about what Protivity does. But in terms of we don't know where we're going, but we're not. it's not going to be boring, how does process mining bring that to life? What does it mean? So I think that if you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, Every day you get into the office, if you think about what the future of your company is going to look like, I think that's exactly what goes through your mind. Because in this you know, new era of digital disruption where you know, business models are, are changing extremely fast and, and, and because of technology, um, and if you look back historically, right, only around 12% of the Fortune 500 companies um, and from the 1955, are still Fortune 500 companies today. So I think I'm really excited about what is going on, in, in, you know, in, in in the world and, and how things are changing. But I think if you're a CEO, you know that the one thing that you do need, right, in order for your company to sustain and and for you for you to take part in all the fun that is happening is you need to be able to be agile, right? You need to have mm-hmm. agile past processes in order to adapt your business to the changes in the external environment and to deliver the, the, the customer you know, experience that people nowadays you know, expect from you, right, in the age of Amazon and so forth. So that's why this quote came to, came to my mind. And I think process mining is exactly what, what executives at companies can use in order to achieve those agile processes. Thank you. You sure introduced a lot of buzzwords into your commentary, Mark, and I appreciate that. I think somebody later on is going to talk about being uh, Amazon fast or Amazon quick. I hadn't heard that one before. And yes, agility is a big buzzword to know how to be agile. You have to know what you're already doing, and that's what process mining does. Welcome again, Mark, and looking forward to hearing a lot more from you. And now let me turn my attention to our third panelist, John Santic at SAP. This is rock and roll and movie day, kids. I have to tell you, we have a quote from Bob Dylan. I don't think I've ever had a show where all three were from movies and music and show business. And a Bob Dylan quote, this is a famous one. I don't think it's morbid or macabre. You can interpret it as you want. But it's from uh, I'm All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding from the 1965 album Bringing It All Back Home. Bob's Bob Dylan, born Robert Allen Zimmerman, 1941, still with us, American singer, songwriter, author, and painter. Oh, my. He became the reluctant voice of a generation back in the 60s. Yes, I remember, I don't think my panelists do, with songs like Blowing in the Wind and The Times They Are a Changing and became anthems, his songs, for the civil rights movement and the anti-war music movement. Uh, Since 1994, he's published seven books of drawings and paintings. He also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Barack Obama. And this is interesting. In 2016, he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature for having created new poetic expressions within the great American song tradition. I know he was a reluctant and hard to find uh, recipient. That's another story in itself. Here's the quote. He who ain't busy being born is busy dying. John Santic, do you want to do a Bob Dylan impersonation for me or are you going to beg off on that? You know, I was going to ask you if you were going to ask me to do one. And uh, I think I'll, I'll probably <laughs> probably decline just because I don't think anybody can do Bob Dylan justice because his, his words really come from deep within him and, uh, and he owns them. Um, but, but his quote, 
is, uh, I think, fascinating, and it relates really well to uh, to the topic that we're discussing uh, today. Um, you know, specifically uh, because you know what he's saying is about posture, and if you think about uh, anybody in life, whether personally or in the context of uh, you know business, which is which is our context today, um, we always are learning, right? We're always growing. I mean, that's part of life. Um, but today, especially in a hyper kind of competitive and hyper disruptive world where things are changing so fast, if we're not busy learning quick and learning fast, we're actually dying. And I think it was something that Mark said about the small percentage of companies that are actually Fortune 500 companies still today from like the 50s is kind of mm-hmm. an example of that. Um, and so, so this is a posture kind of quote that I think we, we as people and, and companies actually need to embrace in life today in general. Um, and, and it's about, you know, strategic self-reflection. And if you can strategically understand your weaknesses, your blind spots, your, um, um, you know, the areas that you need to improve in, then you can plot the proper course for who you're ultimately intend or were designed to be. And so, and so that's kind of why I really like this quote, especially in the context of what we're talking about today. Thank you very much, Don. Very thoughtful. I have a question for you. I mentioned at the end of my intro, my monologue, I said, ignorance is not bliss. You need to know this. Is process mining something that was overdue? Is this something that companies were kind of muddling around thinking, well, I don't know, it's not really efficient, as, as I think Mark said. We're not really as agile as we could be, but we don't know where the where the, the, the slumps are. We don't know where the entanglements are. We don't know where the spaghetti code is. I'm a programmer from way back in the Keypunch days, so I know what spaghetti code is. Do, do you think the companies were saying, well, we got to do something, but we really don't have a clue where the problems are? What do you think? Well, I, I think they just were working, companies were working with the tools they had available, you know, at the mm-hmm. time as we got up into this, you know, most recent kind of period over the last five years or so, um, where I think it was really a convergence of um, the right technologies and the right type of discipline and thinking that enabled something like process mining to come to be. And specifically, it was the maturity of the analytics industry, which was started in the, typically in the early 90s, and that kind of evolved right, as a discipline. Um, and also now you think about the maturity around some of the technologies for big data and how that now made it easy to bring um, valuable and time-sensitive insight from big data sources like process data into a contextual kind of view for somebody who works in like the, the process office, right? So uh, it, it's very contextual and relevant kind of insight. And so I think it was, um, uh, you know, people were imagining this stuff, of course, but it was also a lot of uh, right good timing too because of the maturity of like uh, data platform evolution uh, as well as the maturity of analytics and then people blending, um, you know, the need for kind of metrics and analytics into a new way of looking at what, their business processes are doing or how they're behaving. Um, I like to think of like process mining in general as an MRI machine for your business that gives you forensic level insight into mm-hmm. what actually happened um, so you can diagnose and then repair ultimately. Well, that's very provocative, an MRI machine for your business. I like that. Thank you very much, Don, and welcome. And it's about time you and I got you you on Game Changers. As I said, you and I were on a a webinar recently. Ira Burke's team sponsors the DDM Tech 
talks, which are a little deeper on the tech side, at SAP for internal consumption, and that's where I met you. So very happy you agreed to do this with us. Now let's go around the table. Brian Jordan, this is our up-close-and-personal segment where we want to know where you're calling from today. I don't want the Google coordinates of the roof of your house or the number on your office door. We're not going to stalk you, but we'd love to know where you're calling from. If you want to tell us the weather, that's fine. We want to know what's in your cup today. If you're drinking something interesting, if not, what do you plan to drink after the show? And tell us a little bit about what Protivity does and how process mining relates to your company. Go ahead, Brian Jordan. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a Boston guy, um, so based out of Boston, Mass. And I'm actually on, uh, technically on vacation this week, so I'm actually down in sunny Florida enjoying the lovely weather, which is great because it's freezing where I live this time of year, as everybody knows. Um, in terms of what's in my cup, generally speaking, because I'm from Boston and I'm 100% Irish, it's usually some Irish cheer. But um, considering I'm working right now, we were drinking a little bit of water for, for, for now. But I think uh, I think after lunch we'll probably uh, move on to something a little bit more uh, a little more fun. Okay, so, tell me uh, about Protivity. Yeah, so Protivity. So we are a uh, five thousand plus consulting company. Um, we are a uh, subsidiary of uh, Robert Half uh, International, which is a large, you know, five billion dollar plus uh, staffing company. Um, Protivity is made up of about. Uh, six different business units, um, technology consulting, uh, we've got uh, data and analytics, which I'm part of, um, internal audit, transactional services, risk and compliance, and, and, uh, and um, M&A. So I'm part of the data and analytics practice uh, here at Protivity. Um, so I've been doing analytics for about 20 years or so. Um, we focus really on all things uh, data and analytics, so a lot of data management, data strategy, enterprise data management, um, data governance, uh, certainly analytics uh, as well, so a lot of uh, predictive, uh, advanced analytics type type concepts, um, and uh, and yeah. So my focus is really uh, on the um, on the data side of things in, in general. And Solonis came across uh, our our uh, our desk about a, a year and a half ago. We've been working with them about a year and a half, and we just found it fascinating and extremely um, well suited for what we do. I mean, it's really uh, data mining for processes, right? So you're looking at uh, at your data from a process perspective. So we um, we. Uh, we, uh, so we've embraced it, and, we, and we, we've been enabled for about a year and a half now. We've got lots of different customers. It's a very hot topic, as Mark just alluded to. And so, yeah, we're looking forward to, uh, to working with, um, with, uh, with the process mining capabilities going forward. And, uh, and uh, really, uh, it's been transformational for, uh, for our customers. So, Good. Thank you very much. Great overview, and nice to meet you. And now let's yep. turn to Mark Kinnis. You've been, uh, been spoken about a couple of times here, Mark. Mark is at Salonis. Mark, love to have you tell us where you are, what you love to drink, what power is Mark Kinnis. And Mark, tell us a little bit about what Salonis is up to. Sure. So I'm based in New York City, but I'm um, originally from Munich, Germany, which is huh? um, also the hometown of Salonis. So I'm very lucky in that sense um, that I get to wear my explorer's hat and, and represent the company over here in North America. So tell me what so, you're drinking. Um, yeah. So what's in my cup? I yes. Because I'm from Munich and I'm Bavarian and the traditional Bavarian breakfast involves white beer, a pretzel and white sausage. My cup today is filled with some white beer. <laughs> I'm interested in the pretzel. Now tell me what what and now am I pronouncing it right? Is it Salonis or Salonis? What do you prefer? Both work. To be honest. Both ah uh, 
That's my man. That's my man. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I was informed it had the long O, and you're saying it with the short O, and I want to make sure I respect your company's name. So that's fine. So I can't go wrong here. So, Mark, what does Solanus Salonis do, uh, and, and how did process mining or process mining, I've got a lot of O's here, short and long, come into the mix for you? Um, sure. So Solanus is really the you know, innovator and, and, and creator of this technology. Um, so the first company that, that really um, you know, built software um, um, that, that automatically does process mining, right? Process mining originally comes from academia, from a, from a professor who invented this theory or this concept in the Netherlands. And so you know, Solonis um, you know, took this concept and really brought it, brought it to life um, through, through the software and, um, and, you know, we've, we're, you know, very fast growing company, as I said, you know, headquartered in Munich, Germany, but we also have a big presence in North America. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's now, you know, one of the fastest growing, um, you know, software companies or probably technology companies coming out of Europe. And so it's really exciting, you know, being here in, in, in North America, where obviously a lot of the really big tech companies are, are based, you know, um, like Salesforce, Amazon and so forth. And, and to really, um, you know, get to play the, the game over here. Thank you very much. Nice to have you on. And John Santic, why don't you tell us where you are and what's in your cup today? And if you want to talk a little bit about your relationship to Process Mining, because you were the one who presented it on the DDM Tech Talks a few weeks ago, and you're the one who introduced me to the topic. So talk to me. Sure. Happy to do so, uh, Bonnie. So I'm calling from Vancouver, Canada. So on the other side of uh, the country and then just up to the next country. And, um, and so I'm really happy to be here today. And uh, we've, got, um, we've had a really mild winter this year, a little bit of snow the other day. So you asked earlier about the weather. So, uh, yep. so that's what it is today. We've got a little bit of snow, which is rare for these parts, uh, even though we're in Canada. Um, what's in my cup? I've got some good Salt Spring Island coffee with a couple tablespoons of Kerrygold Irish butter and some coconut Ooh. oil that's blended up and whipped, and it's called a bulletproof coffee. Oh, and yeah. It's my we breakfast know that, one. that I have in the mornings, and it provides we... me with all the energy I need <laughs> and the mental focus and clarity to do my job, and it suppresses hunger. And so that's what's in my cup this morning. I have read extensively about bulletproof coffee, and I know you're supposed to make it with grass-fed butter. Is that correct? Right. It's as, as very special. I've read the, the good, the bad, and the not-so-good, and the not-so-bad, and does it works for you? Yeah, it works amazingly. It um, helps you get into a state called ketosis, which yes. essentially metabolically makes you a fat-burning machine. So, All right. And is that is that what uh, process mining really is? It's a kind of a fat-burning machine to go through all the muck in, in business processes and mine out what the nuggets <laughs> you know, are? Actually, you know, Bonnie, I love that. it's funny that you say that because I actually thought about that connection the other day. That's how strange I think sometimes. <laughs> but but the, the metaphor... I think can exist because uh, it, you know, ketosis is a very metabolically efficient state for the human body and process transparency can make a company very metabolically efficient as it relates to how they run their business processes. So I think you're onto something there. We might have to have a side conversation later to develop it a little bit more, but, but I think it might work. Oh my! I heard somebody say yes. Was that was that you, Mark? Were you saying yes? That was no, a good one. No, that was me. That was Brian. Was that was Brian. Brian. I've been reading about I've been reading about this diet lately, and I didn't. It, it's exactly what you're talking about: trimming the fat. It's yeah, it's making things more, making your body more efficient, like it is making your uh, 
your business more efficient from a process perspective. So it's a good analogy, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow, you know, I came up with... Ketosis reduces yeah. inflammation, right? And you think of process complexity and, uh, you know, many, many process variants as kind of like process inflammation, <laughs> right? So there's, there's something there. I'm, I'm going to work on it. Well, we should, we should meet the, bull- the bulletproof coffee for your processes. I like it. There you, I'm go. Gonna, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, we're going to have to brand that one or something. Uh, yeah. John, we're, we're, we're both at SAP. We're going to have to go talk to the branding folks and see if we can do that. Once in a while, I come up with something that's pretty good on the radio. <laughs> I was actually looking up the recipe for that. I think I warned the three of you on our prep call that I'm, I'm pretty good at looking things up very quickly. I was accused of being one of the fastest Googlers uh, on, on live radio the other day by another panelist. So I'm not going to read the recipe for Bulletproof Coffee, but I think we're on to something much much more important here. So in case the three of you are wondering, I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Talk about weather. Three weeks ago, we had eight inches of snow. I'm from New York. I just moved here 172 days ago. No, I'm not counting, but it came up in a presentation I made for the local Lions Club, which is a service organization. At that point, I had been here 164 days. I thought they'd get a kick out of that. And I opened with, hello, everyone. And then I said, y'all, because this is the South and they love the y'all. But uh, I shoveled the snow, borrowed a shovel, shoveled eight inches of fresh snow, came to about 14 to 16 inches on top of the shovel when you push it across a double-wide driveway. You know what I'm talking about, guys. I was, I think, one of the yep. only females on the block here. I borrowed a shovel from my next-door neighbor who was married, and the husband opened the garage door and handed me his Teflon shovel, and I did a great job. 45 minutes, sun was fading. It was very cold out. It was a beautiful day for aerobic exercise, and you know what? 48 hours later, all the snow melted, and I was like, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> yes, good exercise. No pain, no I didn't have pain. But what I want to say was today we're trying to get sunshine, but it's going to be 72 degrees. But yesterday morning it was 29 degrees. So I just haven't figured this out yet. But, but talk about what's my drink. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine. John, on radio show days, and you know why. So all I'm allowed to have is a cool, clear glass of cool, clear water. I've got a pink straw because, darn it, yesterday was Valentine's Day, but today I'm hoping for a little sunshine so that it can put us all in a pink mood again. So there you go. So you're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We are coming up with some very interesting analogies and explanations for something called process mining. The title of this episode is Digital Footprints, not quite breadcrumbs. This is bigger. It's footprints. Mining the data in your operations. And we're talking about process mining, or if you're from Canada, like John Sandick, process mining. It's a shout out to my manager, David Yonker at SAP, Canadian process mining. And we're talking about ignorance is not bliss. What is happening in your business? What do you need to do better? How will you know if you don't go in and take a look? We've done a very interesting analogy of bulletproof coffee. We talked about process mining is the MRI for your business. So we're coming up with all interesting ways to look at it. My very special panelists are Brian Jordan at Protivity, Mark Kinast at Solanus or Salonis, depending on which day of the week and what mood you're in, and John Santic at SAP. I know how to say that. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Shout out to Ira Burke, who is the sponsor of this series. This is still one of our top three most listened to series all over the world. So we hope you are getting a lot from this conversation and we are having fun. Sorry about that. We're going to take a quick break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back with a lot more and we're going to do a deep dive in the roundtable into process mining. You don't want to miss this. Aaron out.
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Insights from totally new sources of data, sensors that capture and share what is happening in your business environment, and the tools to understand it and act on it. These are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Internet of Things with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Internet of Things with Game Changers. Yes, indeed, we're back with Brian Jordan at Protivity, with Mark Kinest at Solanus, and John Santic at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we're going to do a deep dive into a very important topic. If you haven't heard about it before, you need to listen up, please. It's for the good of your business. So we're going to be starting the roundtable with Brian Jordan at Protivity, and here is something Brian told me in his notes before the show. I want you to all listen up, because you may have been curious about this. He says, process mining is meant for the analyst not necessarily for the data scientists. Let me read one more sentence. Analysts and business users are the ones making decisions about supply chain or order to cash processes on a day-to-day basis and don't have time to wait for data scientists to analyze their process data. Wow. Is that meant as a zinger, Brian Jordan? Tell me more, please. No, I think it's not really meant as a zinger. I mean, there's a a, a huge um, application for data scientists. I mean, I just feel one of the things that, that really fascinated us about Salonis was um, it's really, you know, I'm I'm an analytics guy by nature. I've been doing it for 20 years. And in the last several years, really, we've started to to, um, deal with really real-time use cases of of data, uh, whether it's inventory or or, um, orders at Christmas time, just really having a good understanding of what's going on at that point in time. And I think that's where uh, process mining is is at. I mean, I think it's been the kind of the – um, the culmination of data mining and, and process data at the same time. And, it's, and it is a real-time use case. And um, so that's part of it. I mean, I just think this, this, you know, the, the ability to get data in real time about your business processes has been, uh, has been transformational. And, but more importantly, you know, with, the, with some of the tools and the technologies the way they are today, you know, in general, they're meant for the, the user experience. They're meant for business users. And so um, I think that you know, the process mining capabilities that we work with they tend to be more focused on the analysts, and they should be more catered and focused on the analysts. I mean, these analysts are the ones are, who are making, you know, they're making decisions. They should be making decisions that, that, about their business. I mean, in, in the past, you were always looking in the rearview mirror, right? You were looking at, at data, you know, last month or last quarter, making decisions based on that, trying to affect change. Well, it's a lot more powerful when you're able to, you know, look at that data in real time as an analyst, as a business user that is empowered to make decisions. And, uh, you know, that's always been... From an analytics perspective, that's kind of always been our goal is to really give the, the, the day-to-day knowledge worker who understands the business processes and what the, the cost or the impact is of 
you know, tra- changing something more quickly. I mean, that has real, you know, real dollar value, real cost, or real, you know, could be revenue value associated with it. So I think that you know, to to rely, have to rely on people like data scientists um, or you know, kind of advanced uh, data people to tell you what's wrong with your business, I think is just a, a huge, uh, a huge uh, loss of opportunity. And I think what some of these capabilities do do these days around process mining and what process mining has been exceptional at is really presenting the information to an analyst or a business user so that they can affect change. They can make those, those quicker decisions to, like I said, um, you know, impact costs, reduce costs, or, or, you know, increase revenues, whatever the particular kind of use case or business process, um, you know, uh, lets them do. So that's really, that's kind of how I see it. Um, it's been, you know, I'll give an example. We have a, a large cosmetics uh, customer, and we're doing a, a, a project there right now and, I mean, literally, there's some IT folks involved, some data scientists involved, but it's really only about, you know, setting up the data or provisioning the data so that the analysts can, can consume it. So the bulk of the project is, is spent with the business defining, you know, how they want to look at the information, um, you know, how should, the, how should the data should be set up so that they can get the information they need to, 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 you know, like I said, make those decisions that they're going to be impactful to their business. So that's why I say it's really meant for the analysts, not necessarily for, you know, for a data scientist. Thank you. Very interesting. I yeah. like a provocative statement to open the roundtable. Mark Kenneth at Solanus, we'd love to have your thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I really agree with um, with, with Brian, actually. And I think it's also, um, you know, it, it's in, intended that way, I, I believe. Because if you really want to, you know, change something, right, from a technology's perspective, you need to make it accessible to everyone, right? And so if you have to be a data scientist in order to interpret the data or to really um, get, get value from it, it it's, it's going to naturally be restrictive, right? And so um, I think the, the, the power of this technology really unfolds if everybody in the organization has access to it, right? And, and if everybody, you know, can, can interpret the information that, that comes out of it. And so there are some examples of customers um, that, that are, you know, are really using process mining in a, in a widespread manner and fashion, right? So Siemens is the largest user of process mining in the world, and they have around 5,000 users in the organization, right? And so these are mostly actually people in the business just doing their everyday job, but now mm. having this type of information around the process at, you know, at their fingertips, so that way they can check themselves and whether they are you know, delivering a good impact in terms of and what they're doing, what their what their what their work is is basically doing, part of the, the process. And so, yeah, I completely agree um, with Brian. And 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 yeah, would would be interested to hear what what other people are thinking. Thank you very much, John Santic. Join us. Interesting conversation around the table. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, you know process mining is um, uh, a fascinating technology because. It, it actually kind of caters to the needs of a, a few different types of personas. And whenever there's like a new discipline created or a new technology or framework, something like, you know, process mining as, a, as the example here, um, we have to kind of always understand like what personas are going to be kind of interacting with the tool. And for a tool to be successful and uh, sticky across an organization, it has to be relevant for different folks, right? So uh, process mining of course, came from an academic discipline, and it needs to cater to the data scientist, which I think it does in many ways, but also it does to the analyst. One way I like to, to think about it is um, in terms of uh, 
you know, the folks who have the macro view of a business, mm-hmm. um, those are the folks that process mining, I think, is going to have the most value and the most impact in its current state today, right? It's the folks that are considering the big picture, the long term, the strategic direction of a business process and how it's going to evolve over time. I think the potential for process mining is to continue to look at ways that um, parts of that technology can actually help and enable, um, you know, more operational type users with, uh, with insights into, uh, into day-to-day operations, right? So I think that's kind of the, uh, uh, you know, the white space that's starting to, to get kind of filled up a little bit in that discipline. Thank you very much. Uh, who did we just talk to? Was that, uh, that John? Yeah, that was John, yeah. Okay, John, I want to go back around to Brian Jordan. Brian, anything you want to add to this very interesting conversation before I move on to something from Mark's notes? Yeah, actually, it's interesting what John said, right? So, um, so you know, again, back to my analytics um, pedigree, I mean, we actually have a productivity. We have a, a methodology that's largely centered around, um, you know, kind of user adoption of tools. And he used two words that are near and dear to my heart, which is um, personas and, and relevancy. And that's really two key attributes of how we, you know, judge uh, the success of really any kind of sort of tool or, or solution adoption. Um, so I think it's interesting how we use the word personas, you know, who are the users, what are the capabilities that they need to be successful, and, that, and you know, how do they use data on a, on a day-to-day basis. And the other one was relevancy, and we're, we're big advocates of that. We, we talk about how, you know, the most important or one of the most important, uh, you know, attributes of, of giving users what they need to be successful is making sure that the data is relevant to their day-to-day job. You know, it's just seamless to their job. So it's interesting that you use those two words um, because we use those words every day. So I thought that was extremely interesting. So, um, it's you know, all... I have an analytics background myself, so maybe yep. we're getting yeah. somewhere down the line. <laughs> yeah, Good exactly. Co- it's just funny good, that we use that. Good conversation. No. I want to pick up something here from, from Mark's notes. Mark, uh, you gave me a little bit of history here. You say process mining was developed by three students from the Technical University in Munich. They developed a technology. Well, we know what we're talking about. it. You already mentioned that Siemens is one of the largest process mining users in the world with 5,000 users. So what were the students thinking? What do you, Can you give us a little background on who were they? Why was this important to them? Was this a class project? Was this an internship, an intrapreneur think tank incubator kind of thing? I'm just curious because it's always interesting when something new comes on the tech sp- into the tech space, when a new way of solving problems that people might not have even realized they had. It's always interesting to know who were the people who had that wow, that eureka moment that said, yeah, there's a need here. Can you give us any background on that, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the, the story is actually a really interesting one because, you know, the, the, the three students who founded the, um, you know, the company and who, who developed process mining were completely unrelated, right? Oftentimes you say, hey, you know, they were always, they'd always been friends and always, you know, dreamed of starting their own company, but this was actually not the case at all here. So there was um, a student consulting project, as you already, um, you know, almost guessed correctly, right? So there, there, mm. it was a student consulting project for a local media company in 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 in, in Germany, and the challenge that they had to engage on is actually understanding the IT service management process for this company, right? So they were tasked to to basically you know, look at what that process is and how to cut down the time and, and that the process needed and also the cost that was involved. And so, 
you know, they looked because they were students and they were interested in research and they were looking for new innovative ways to basically tackle that problem. And that's how they stumbled on process mining um, as an academic concept and, and, and basically developed um, the initial prototype um, around this technology, right? And um, because um, Munich, where, which is where these three students were based, is a hub, a big hub for, for large corporations in, in Germany, right? So it's actually much bigger um, than Berlin, which is, which is the capital. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a small network of people that all talk to one another. And, you know, once that initial success with this local media company um, came about, other, other large companies, you know, started hearing about the technology and wanted to try it out and apply it to different areas in the organization, not just IT service management, right? So, to their order management process, to their procurement process, human resources, and so forth. And that's really how this, this um, technology um, evolved and, and, and gained the initial momentum. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you, Mark. So sometimes we, we bypass those those nascent sto- the stories, the backstory of who I'm always interested. We have a series on Game Changers called Startup Focus, and very often we obviously – talk with people who are serial entrepreneurs. Many of them have been successful over and over and over again. But we don't always get back to that initial story of who had that wow, who had that aha, who had that maybe we're on to something moment. Was it one person? Was it a team? Were they geniuses? Were they just kind of noodling around? Were they in a design thinking project, thinking outside of the proverbial box? Were they hired by a company to take a look at what was going on and one day the uh, the light bulb goes off and whoa we're into something here thank you very very interesting John uh, just some comments from you on on the story that Mark shared with us anything you want to add to that any questions you want to ask about it uh, you know uh, I, I met the the founders um, oh. Bastian uh, Alex and um, and Martin and Bastian uh, was on the radio with us Bastian Nomaker yeah, is that yeah, his name yeah yeah, yeah I know fantastic people and they're very ah. creative. And uh, I, I love the story because it's, um, you know, I think the best things happen when people are doing good emotional work, whatever it is in life, you know, and when they put their heart in it, something good is going to happen. And uh, the way I understand the story is that these guys were working really hard um, on this new idea and trying to take something that was really academic and translate it into practical business sense for a customer. And, uh, and, so, and so that's a fascinating story. It's really inspiring. And, uh, yeah, and I, and I love it. So that, that's what I would add. Thank you. Brian, you want to add anything, Brian Jordan, of Protivity? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had the, the pleasure of meeting the, uh, the founders, but I certainly would love to and shake their hand and thank them because, you know, they, they, you know this, this capability um, uh, has really changed, uh, changed the way our customers can, can do business, and it's really it's, it's good driving a whole new kind of uh, revenue stream, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, set of capabilities, um, org stream for, for my company and my in my group in particular, so yeah, I think it's it's a very interesting story. I didn't realize it was a, you know, I didn't realize the whole there's three students at, at, um, in a university uh, was the uh, was the genesis of this whole thing. But that's that's very interesting. But I'd love to meet him and love to shake their hand. So, great. and you know what? I bet they were drinking bulletproof coffee, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I bet they were too. Or something, <laughs> something like, a lot stronger. I'm drinking better though. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Something a lot stronger than the water I'm drinking, that's for sure. John Santic, exactly. we're going around the table, and, and here's something interesting. Uh, I think this goes to the core of why process mining is needed. Uh, let me read some notes here from you, John. We have, oh, we've got about six minutes before we go to our predictions round, so let's talk about this. You say, many companies still seem to operate on the assumption that the processes they initially implemented maybe years ago should still work for them. But technical debt, complexity, mergers, a lack of process thinking across the organization are skewing this assumption and demanding a new approach with agility at its core, as somebody mentioned, to shape new and cost-effective behaviors. That's a mouthful. But talk to me about how many companies are resisting this and will process mining availability open their eyes? John, let's have some commentary from you, please. Sure. Um, well, think about this for a second. Um, 15, 20 years ago, when companies were um, in, the, uh, in the trend of buying massive ERP solutions and rolling them out across the enterprise, uh, very custom, very catered to their needs, in order to um, achieve kind of this idea or this utopia of one standardized platform and process to manage their entire business a module for every single work area or work stream that a company um, would need, custom fit and built on-premise in their environment, right? Well, how much do you think their business has changed over the last 15 or 20 years? Yep. Are they even offering the same products? They're definitely not uh, offering the same routes to market, or maybe they are, but they're offering more routes to market now simply because of things like mobility and the Internet and... Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, e-commerce in the internet, as an example, and and so so businesses change, right? And uh, what happens is that whenever there's change, there's um, you know, like you have to think about what that means on your current technological environment and your current business environment in terms of how your processes were set up. You know, they're no longer the same, right? And so what what companies in general, have tried to do over the, uh, you know, since, since 15, 20 years ago when they implemented these big systems to do things a certain way that was relevant for them back then, they've patchworked their way to change, right? And, uh, and what that's done is that's added increased technical debt. It's added, uh, you know, when you think about it from the perspective of processes, it's added increased variations of how they do things in their business processes, um, increased, uh, complexity across the board and and that kind of leads to a lot of uh we can stick to the kind of uh you know bulletproof coffee analogy here led to a Mm -hmm. lot of inflammation in the business right and so that leads to a lot of costs and there's a lot of hidden costs that companies don't really know about and so for a company to really survive in the future their business models have to be able to adapt and to change right and so you know they're always on the precipice of trying to manage their existing operations and then trying to move forward and grow into that next new opportunity. Um, and, and their processes are really that bridge in between. Um, and the more complex and uh, cumbersome that bridge is to cross, the harder it is for them to evolve and adapt to new opportunities that are going to determine their success or failure in the future. 
Thank you very much. I have a little sidebar for all of you. Bastian Namanacher, co-CEO and co-founder of Solanus, uh, was a guest on Startup Focus with Game Changers on October 4th, 2016, just a little while ago. And the topic was the startup mindset, mice dancing with the elephants. I think you're all going to smile at that one. So yes, I did meet him and uh, very happy to have you on the show today, Mark. So let's circle around the table. Brian Jordan at Protivity. We have just about... A one minute for your comments and one for Mark, and then I'm going to come back to you, Brian, to start the roundtable for our crystal ball predictions round. So any comments on what uh, what John just shared in terms of companies saying, eh, we've always done it this way, but things have changed. Thoughts, Brian, please? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I certainly, you know, the, that's true in a lot of cases. Um, what, what I'm seeing um, uh, is uh, there's certainly some of that, but I, I think what, what my customers, what I'm seeing is, they they want to they want to evolve they want to change but they don't know necessarily where to start and they don't realize how big of a problem they necessarily have um, you know these process mining is a relatively I mean it's relatively new uh, in terms of the capabilities uh, and I think that you know once we kind of show them the power of what these capabilities can can do it's kind of that aha moment like wow okay I know I knew we had a problem but I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was that big of a problem and. I didn't realize what the impact um, would be if I was actually able to fix some of those problems. So that's where we're trying, you know, we're finding some success is really showing them how big of a problem that they do have. Um, But, you know, there are certainly the laggards that they're like, ah, it ain't broke. It ain't broke, so we're not going to fix it kind of thing. Their perception is is their reality, right? I mean, they they feel like, oh, you know, it's working fine. We're making money. Uh, We don't have to necessarily look at that till you know, kicking the can down the road kind of thing. So, you know, I, I agree that that with that's true with some of the customers. But we're really trying to go in and show them how powerful um, this process mining capability is, and and some are some are getting it, and you know, some will get it quicker, more quicker than others. So that's what I would say. Thank you very much. And Mark, yeah. I can give you sixty seconds, a really quick sixty seconds, to comment on this, and then I have to go to Brian. We're going to have a very short predictions round. Go ahead, Mark. I want to include you. Oh, sure. Thank you. So I think you know, having had the pleasure of working with, you know, a lot of different companies, right, and different sizes, different industries, and so forth. It's, it's been very interesting to see that, that actually some companies, you know, are, are, are actually, you know, very, very good at process, right? So, um, and, and, and others are less good, right? And I think the, the, the problem that, um, that, that John was describing, right, I think one of the really surprising things to me was that, that exactly because, you know, organizations are so large and, you know, they have so many different products, you know, customers, employees, um, and suppliers and so forth. The complexity um, is just so difficult to deal with. And I think what was really interesting is that, you know, some companies, as I said, are already really good. So for them, process mining is more about kind of continuously improving their process and really squeezing out the last couple of percent of efficiency of the process. But for other companies, it, it, it is basically like they have been flying completely blind and mm-hmm. they don't even know what their business process is. Right? So sometimes, you know, people and the, the person who was in charge of the business process who knew what the business process was, leaves the organization and a new person comes in charge. And, and you know, it's basically you just do what the, pre- the previous person does, but no longer, he's no longer, he or she's no longer there. So... So you're sometimes tackling very basic problems of that people don't even know what the process is in the first place. 
There you go. All good insights. I sense there might be a part two of this topic coming down the pike. Uh, Stay tuned. I'll get in touch with all three of you and appreciate it. Brian Jordan, I've got just 30 seconds for you for your predictions. Crystal ball round. Let's look at 2020. Will people's eyes be opening at companies and saying, nah, forget about the data scientists. They're really smart, but we need process mining. Talk to me. Brian Jordan, 30 seconds. Predictions. Go. Go. I think for some, absolutely. I think it'll it'll be a, a game changer for them. I think the, the the lights will go on, like you said, and they'll be optimizing their supply chains and and um, and taking making their processes more efficient. I think for the the early adopters, the kind of leading edge um, companies, I think, and I hate to take the easy way out here, but I think it'll be a a combination of taking that process data, applying you know machine machine learning AI to it, and really really you know optimizing and be able to predict things before they even happen. Right, so improved lead times to, uh, to delivery. I mean, just things like uh, an automation of a lot of their processes is, is as much as they possibly can. So I, like I said, it's take the easy way up. That's how, that's kind of how I see it down the road. That's fine. Thank you very much. Mark yeah. Kinnist at Solanus. Six, 30 seconds. They're all yours real fast. Go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think that, you know, if you, today there are only around 400 companies in the world that are using process mining, right? So in, in the grand scheme of things, it's still early days. But I do believe that by 2020, most large organizations are going to be using a technology like process mining. But what process mining will be like in 2020, I don't know exactly know, but I do agree with Brian that it's going to be a lot more prescriptive in telling people what they need to do and not just uncovering what the weaknesses are. Thank you very much. John Santic, I saved 30 seconds for you, and that's really all we have. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the future of process mining is uh, it's going to be a little bit more ubiquitous in terms of the discipline of uh, operational excellence in an ongoing way. Uh, but I also see it from a technology perspective where there's going to be more uh, you know, integration down the road with things like robotic process automation. Um, and there'll be more technical hooks into uh, capabilities that are going to help companies not only just understand what the problem is, but also diagnose the right path forward to fix that problem. And then also be able to, to, you know, speak very, very closely with tools that can actually go ahead and, and fix the problem technically, like like robotic process automation, uh, further BPM integration, all that kind of stuff. Thank you. All that kind of stuff. And that's where we have to end the conversation. It was a really a great one. I think we were able to do a deep dive without getting too much in the weeds, but we made this very, very human. And I like that. I've been having the privilege of speaking with Brian Jordan at ProTivity, Mark Kinnest at Solanus, Solonis, however you want to say it, and John Santic at SAP. And shout out, of course, to Ira Burke and his team at SAP. Ira really worked hard to put this together. Ira, another great panel. Appreciate it. Our topic was digital foot prints mining the data in your operations put that together and you get process mining so i have 30 seconds to do a shout out quickly to my intrepid and venerable engineer even though he's a very young guy aaron at world talk radio the business channel thank you aaron and now here's my call to action for all of you fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for Go out and be a game changer today, just like Brian Jordan, just like Mark Kinnest, just like John Santic. That's the end of our broadcast week. We'll be back next week with a lot more live episodes of Game Changers Radio right here on the Business Channel. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. 
To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. 